You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. I got a quote. Start off with a quote, as always. This one's pretty short. It's by Artie McFerrin. He's a 12th man alumni and was a great man. He's he's went on to be with Jesus, but it's a great quote. It says, read a book once for your information, but read it a hundred times for your transformation. So Artie McFerrin, rest in peace, brother. And uh, he ended up becoming a friend right before he went on to be with Jesus. And that's just a great quote. But I am excited today. I really am. Like this is no BS to have Queen E, Elizabeth Riley on the show today. Elizabeth Riley has been licensed for over 17 years and created a referral-based business. Elizabeth is now the number five growth leader, and she is a 7X icon agent at EXP Realty. She is also a finalist for the top 125 success list and is doing amazing things across the nation. She has 11,000 people in her organization, and we're just going to dive into some amazing things she's doing. She's truly been a vessel from God to really impact my professional and personal life. So E, thanks for being on the show. I love this. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, so we're going to get into a lot of stuff. And this is this is gonna be fun. We should have did this in person. Next time I'm gonna come to Austin or you come here. We need to, we need to do this in person. Let's but, do it. But well, this, I'll come there because you have all the fancy setup. There you go. But yeah, let's let's tell people your story. Obviously, you're a real estate entrepreneur in so many ways. You're making waves in the real estate industry. But just tell people your story, how you got into real estate, how you even got to who you become today. Let's just walk through that real quick. Sure. So I've been in the business 17 years. Uh, this month, which is crazy. And I got licensed in Atlanta, Georgia. My husband and I were living there for his job and um, we had rental properties. We had investment properties. And my CPA said, one of you needs to get your license. And I had no interest in getting my real estate license. Actually, um, I was working uh, with an events company with a famous tennis player named Stan Smith. And we were doing the Greece Olympics and cool things like that. So real estate didn't seem real exciting to me. Uh, And especially when you're told you have to do something, right? So I kind of went kicking and screaming and um, got my license. And then I just started working with people that were friends of mine that knew me, liked me, and trusted me. And they would just say, hey, could you help us with this? And it was fun, right? It didn't seem like work when you're helping people that that you're friends with. So uh, I realized quickly, okay, I love this. I went to the only company that would let me be part-time at the time because, again, I had no interest in it. And so I just built my business up there from uh, built on referrals and people I knew and I, I loved it. So, and then in 2008, my husband was transferred to Austin, Texas. Uh, everybody remembers 2008 that was in the business, uh, but I decided to get my license here in Texas and everybody said I was crazy. And I saw it as opportunity. You know, people, the market had crashed. Uh, they kept saying the market was horrible. And I said, I came from Atlanta, Georgia, like our market burst. I was doing short sales, foreclosures. It was a tough market. So Austin to me seemed just so much better and it was opportunity. So I uh, dove in here. I didn't. Re- I didn't know anybody. I had an 18 month old at the time, and so I just plugged in to people that were like me in that stage of life and built my business that way. And uh, in 2014, my office had uh, 650 agents, and uh, I was number one. I won number one at the awards, and I went home that day and I told my husband I was getting out of the business. <laughs> and he said, "You are crazy. What are you doing? You made number one." And I said, "You know, because we talk about God, family, business, and Terrence. I know you." completely aligned with that. And for me, getting that success by it was all business. 
and God and family were some somewhere below. And at that point I had four children and Wes, my husband traveled all the time. And so it wasn't, it wasn't worth it for me. I was sacrificing way too much to get a trophy or a pat on the back because I made number one. So decided I was going to get out of the business. And he said, well, why don't you start your own business or your own brokerage? And I had no interest in that. Uh, And then my Atlanta people, my crew, my tribe, my friends had all gone to this little company called EXP Realty. And they said, would you look at this? And I, I, I said, well, maybe I would love to work with you guys again. And they said, will you meet with somebody? Sure. Right. If Terrence, you asked me to meet with somebody, I would meet with somebody, no questions asked. Right. And you would do the same for me. And so it was that kind of a situation. And uh, in to Austin came Glenn Sanford, who is the founder of EXP Realty. But at the time, his company, his whole company had 400 agents. And I had an office that had 650. So it's not the same. He is the same person, but it's not the same situation as it is today now that we're this huge company. And so I really just believe people join people. And I loved what he had on his heart. And I loved what his vision was. And he was really focused on helping agents be the best agents and build the best business for them. And I was burned out. And I said, well, you know, I don't want to not do anything. So let me try this. And so that's how I was introduced to EXP and how I was introduced to um, Glenn Sanford. And since that time, it's been seven years this month that I joined EXP. And we've gone from, I'm agent 466. So I've been here a while, but (laughs) we're now at 78,000 agents worldwide. And it's been an incredible journey all along the way. So that's kind of where I've gotten to where I am now. Um, My business has more than tripled since leaving my old brokerage and coming over here. And last year, I'm an independent agent. I have the Lux Property Group, but we all have our own businesses and we just work together and brand together. And so last year alone, I did 35 million as an individual, uh, as an individual agent. And I wasn't just focused on that. I was focused on um, now traveling and speaking and doing a whole bunch of other things, but I was much more present than I ever was before doing a lot less volume. So that's kind of my story. I can dig into whatever you'd like from there. No, I love it. You know, I'm just over here. I'm all teeth right now. I'm just smiling because I'm proud. I'm like the the proud the proud brother. So I've coined you. I've given you a name. Mm-hmm. And I only give coined names to people that build long-term relationships. And my wife laughs, but it's the busy bumblebee, right? Because yeah. you are just everywhere. You're on every stage. You're in 19 different countries. Every time I turn around, you're 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 somewhere, but you're still doing production. You're still an amazing wife. You're still an amazing mom. And you're an amazing friend. So that just shows your capacity. So to go from 400 to 80,000 is pretty much what we're at, right? Yeah. It's unbelievable. You're number 466. I want to talk a little more about you personally, and then I want to come back and talk about EXP because I think, you know, I, I, I don't want that to overshadow who you are as a person because there's so you have so many gifts. Let's talk about production. Why has production been so important? Because you've been a productive agent, like you said, for 16, 17 years. Why has that been so important to you to be a productive agent? Because it's not a job to me. You know, I think when you do something that you love, it's not work. And so I just love the people and the interactions and the the solution finding opportunities, right? Whenever I would have these awards, I never track my numbers. And I know Glenn Sanford still to this day tells me to track my numbers and I track them a little bit now, but the numbers aren't important to me because if I set a big goal for myself, say I, I want to do 20 million or 30 million or 40 million, it's I'm not saying setting those goals is bad, but for me as a person, I get distracted really easy. And I figure if I'm just taking care of my clients and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing every single day, those numbers are going to come. 
right? And I want to be able to focus on my clients and make them feel like they're my one and only client. So for me, production is a big deal just because I love serving. I realized early on, I'm a better mom because I work. I tried that stay-at-home mom thing and golly, power to everybody who can do it. I couldn't. And I think it's great because I have four kids and two of them are girls. And I want my girls to see that they could do it and they can do whatever they want to be doing. And and um, my boys are proud of me too. So uh, I think it gives me a lot more balance. I'm just, you, you call me the busy bumblebee. I love it. It's so funny to me, but I don't sit still. And I think I would be very, very bored if I weren't out there serving people. So for me, production is a big deal. It gives credibility. It gives validity. And um, I mean, I'll stay in production, you know, as until I don't want to be. Yeah. And you've earned that, right? You've earned that op- opportunity to be at that point in your career. So let's talk about it. You know, I won my first icon agent, but you're a 7X icon. So let's talk about what does that mean to be an icon agent in this industry? Let's just talk the whole industry an icon agent, but to be a 7X icon agent at eXp, what does that mean? What is an icon agent? Yeah, the icon program was really the reason, the big draw for me for eXp. Um, So an icon agent is the top one to 2% of the company. So if you think about how big we are now, I mean, these are the creme de la creme agents all around the country and we collaborate in big ways. And that's why my business has changed. I was actually the first icon ever named at, at eXp. Uh, it's it's really about the production and how much you pay to the company. But once you hit a certain level, that money that you have given to the company is paid back to you in stock, right? And that was eye-opening to me. Stefan Swanepoel is somebody I follow. Uh, I've always loved Stefan. To me, he is real estate royalty. And he wrote a book. He, he writes the Trends Report. And in 2014, he wrote the Trends Report. And he he was talking about the different companies and different models. He's broker blind, but he was talking about how you haven't heard about this company yet. It's called EXP Realty. They're the one to watch. They're the Amazon.com of real estate. And for me, I was like, hmm, right? What if I had known? What if we'd all known about uh, Amazon early on? We would have bought stock. We would have gotten jobs. We would have done anything we could have to, to get a hold of the stock because we know what it's done you know, years later. And so in, in my head, I was like, hmm, I don't have ownership in my company that I'm at now, right? I had a baseball cap every year that said capper, right? Mm-hmm. And that's great, but that's not going to pay my bills or my mortgage or give me an exit strategy down the road. So for me, all of a sudden, when you're starting to compare a company to Amazon real estate, uh, I was like, hmm, that could be interesting. And then you always have that voice that says, oh, but what if it doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? What if it's too good to be true? Because sometimes things are. And I was like, well, hmm, then I can go back to any other company, they'll take me, or I can start my own brokerage, or I can figure it out from there. But what if I'm awarded stock in a company for just doing production? What could that mean for me? What could that mean for my family? What could that mean for my future and their legacy? And so the ICON program was huge for me. I do a certain number of production, I pay into my cap. And as soon as I do a certain number, that cap is paid back to me in stock. And I'm also, you also have a contribution element where you're a cultural fit. You're giving back to your community. You're giving back to the other agents. You're pouring into other people. So it's not just like, hmm, check, I did all this this production and I'm there. But what's been amazing is every single year, that was my goal to hit icon. And one year I hit it twice. And so what I started seeing is that stock would grow and that stock is going up and splitting and it was changing the financial background and financial portfolio for my family and allowed me to make decisions in a different way. And so I don't really look at my stock because that is, you know, down the road when I don't want to sell and, and when we want to make other decisions, but having seven icons, I'm the only one with seven icons 
Uh, I've decided this is my last year. I'm going to go for the icon. I'm still going to stay in production. Uh, but if I am focused on my icon, I can't pour in as much time and energy into others that I'd like to. And so uh, a friend of mine, you might appreciate this. I need to research this a little bit. She's like, seven's perfect. You know, God finished everything in seven days. Seven yeah. is a biblical number. And I was like, oh, that's really awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to finish on a high note, but seven icons has been incredibly life-changing for my family, not only time freedom, uh, but financial freedom as well. Love it. Love it. Man, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. So when we think about new agents who aspire to be Elizabeth Riley or Terrence Murphy or whoever, Elizabeth Riley today, what would you tell them the top three things to be an individual agent doing anything north of $3 million is a lot of production and to be 30 million, 35 million, 38 million, 32 million plus every year. What would be the top three things you would tell an agent to do and set up to be productive every year? Great question. I think a lot of agents and especially in our industry, they chase the shiny object, right? They're like, hmm, that looks good. And they're very, very scattered. I think the first thing I would say is figure out who you are and what's authentic to you, right? And, and build your business based on that because people will see you for who you are and they're going to work with you because of who you are. And you trying to be somebody else is not really authentic to that relationship. And so if you're one that really loves to knock on doors, go knock on doors. But if you're somebody that doesn't want to knock on doors, don't go knock on doors. What's going to work for you? So I had to really step back as a new agent because you're thrown all this information and all these ideas and you're watching all these people. And I say all the time, comparison kills joy. Don't compare yourself to everybody else. Take a step back, write it down, figure out who you want to be as an agent and go from there. The other thing I would say is don't spend money till you're making money, right? We're <laughs> notorious in our industry for spending a lot of money on things that might be the next big thing or things that we think are gonna, going to make us productive. When in reality, people want to know you and they, they're they buying into you. So go spend your time wisely. Go figure out how you can get business. I write a lot of handwritten notes, even today, but handwritten notes don't cost you anything. Social media was not really a big thing at all 17 years ago when I was in the business. That's not something I've embraced, but I've seen a lot of brand new agents embrace social media. That's free. So don't use your money wisely uh, and don't follow every shiny object and spend money just because you think that's going to make you productive. Uh, it's really about your hard work and your grit and your determination and your focus that's going to help you be successful. Um, and then the third thing, just stay humble and true to who you are as you grow. I never knew I was going to be a top agent. I never wanted to be a top agent. Uh, and I think arrogance can really, when people start seeing a lot of success and they start doing really well, arrogance can, can creep its way in there. Nobody wants to be uh, working with somebody that's arrogant. Nobody, and, and that means buyers and sellers, but also agents. I don't like working with arrogant agents on the other side. No. So just stay true to who you are. Stay humble. Just focus on what's best for your clients and the rest is going to fall into place. No, that's really good. So Let's go ahead and get it out there on tape because, you know, it's funny because I still to this day get messages from people about EXP. I still have other big companies calling me. Like I just had a couple calls from some big firms saying, yeah. hey, man, I know you're, you know, a broker and still independent. Would you be interested in doing this franchise? So whether it was Realogy and Keller Williams and Berkshire Hathaway and heck, everybody under the sun was calling me over the years. People always want to know, like, how did Elizabeth Riley attract Terrence Murphy? So 
like genuinely, do you feel like it was just, hey, you know what? I'm just going to be at the right place at the right time, or I'm just going to focus on the friendship. You you call it the pebble in the shoe. Like what what did it? Like, and I, I'm I'm asking for myself almost. Like, what do you feel like did it? Like what what made it happen? I think whether it's business or attracting somebody to your company, I think you have to earn that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to respect that relationship. And Terrence, you and I knew each other through a mutual friend. I never in a million years said to myself, I'm gonna, you know, get Terrence Murphy over to EXP. That wasn't ever my intention. My intention was to earn that relationship and build that relationship. If you remember, and I think Junior had just been born, we were referral partners, right? Anybody that I had in College Station, because I went to AM too, yep. you were my go-to person. And so I think you just have to lean in and earn that relationship. I think where people go wrong in any company, any industry too, is when you're just trying to sell people, right? I think to me, recruiting, there's a difference between recruiting and attraction. Mm -hmm. Um, Recruiting sometimes can be just, you're just trying to sell people. You're just trying to sell them something because it's good for you, right? I recruited at Dell Computer. I was selling something. I was selling the opportunity because it was good for the company and it was good for them. And I was in the product group and things like that. I was selling. But I think on real estate, you just need to have that relationship and attract. And it wasn't until we built a relationship and we were, I kind of understood you a little bit better. I was like, man, you're an amazing person, right? And when you're an owner of a company, which I'm an owner of eXp Realty, when you're an owner of a company, you want to be in business with the best people there are, right? It's like when you own a house versus leasing a house, or you own a car versus leasing a car. You take care of what you own. And so when I'm an owner of this company and your mindset shifts and you're like, oh, your approach shifts as well. And then you and I just casually started talking. And I mean, for a long time, Mm -hmm. I mean, four years, right? And you told me, you said, hey, Elizabeth, I respect you as a friend. I love what you're doing. It's not for me. I don't want to talk about EXP anymore. You remember that conversation? (laughs) Yeah. And I said, yeah. And I said, absolutely. Your friendship is more important to me. And I, honored that friendship. I was authentically invested in you as a friend, not because of what that could look like from a business standpoint down the road. And it wasn't until, and again, I cheer on all of my friends, whether they're they're at my brokerage or not. And I always cheered on your successes and all your TM5 successes and everything you were doing. And I was always watching what you're doing because I learned from you every day, right? You want to learn from your friends and people that you admire and you you respect. So I was watching every day. And it wasn't until I started seeing that you were wanting to expand and you were trying to do some big, big things. And I figured out, I was like, that's your pebble in your shoe. And I was like, Terrence, we've got your solution. So I couldn't speak to it very well, but I could bring in the people that could because I really felt like we had a great solution that was going to help you exceed any goals that you set, that you were having you know, roadblocks trying to get to on your own. So I just think it's about relationship building. Um, just like in real estate, but on the attraction side as well. I want to be in business with great people. And sometimes that takes, you know, a coffee conversation or, you know, a couple months or a couple years or four years. But I'm just blessed that we're in business together now. And I think our more than even us being business partners, uh, the relationship I have with you and Erica is so much more fulfilling than anything I could have ever dreamed of. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's got a lot of facets to it. And it's very yeah. organic, it's real, it's genuine. And you know, you're like a sister to us, but a business partner, but a friend. It's 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 cool. It really is. And it's and I told you this. God used you to to change my real estate professional life. Like literally, it's actually this is my this is my week that I came over. So this is my anniversary week. 
Oh, that's right. We got everybody over early on and we had yeah. to wait for you. Since that's I right. was the broker. Since I was a broker. But, you know, just by. as much as I might have changed your life, you guys have changed mine, right? I mean, the business piece is awesome. But for me, more than that, the relationships and the people in your in your corner and your tribe that I've got to meet every single morning in Clubhouse, I go in there, not because I'm going to necessarily learn something from the real estate side, because you and I answer a lot of questions in there. I go in there every single time to not only serve, but to build those relationships that are there that I've been blessed to have because I know you. Yeah. And the energy is just, um, it's very contagious for sure. Yeah. And I mean, we were trying to expand and grow and as an independent broker, and that was the reason I was fielding the different calls, but it was God's plan. I mean, and we, I mean, we're at right at 150 people in our organization. So awesome. And 22 states and two countries all in 12 months. And, you know, I'm just slowly, I'm just focusing on building people the right way. So that's what I wanted to pivot to. So not only are you, because this is very, what I'm about to say right now is very unique. I don't think people are really going to understand how amazing you are and what God has done through you with this stat that I'm about to put out there. Because y'all know I'm always about stats, facts, and stories. So 7X icon agent, never been done. So that's the production side. But then you're the number five growth leader in the company out of 80,000 agents. So let's talk about that. What does the growth leader mean? You're at 11,000 people. Probably by the time this podcast is dropped next week, you'll be at 12,000 people in your organization. You literally have more people in your organization than people have at their whole brokerages. What does that mean to you that like how God has really just given you so much, you know, to be able to expand on? It's unbelievable, quite frankly. And it's funny because I, when I met Glenn Sanford originally, I told him I was not interested in, in building that side of the business. I was not interested in revenue share or any of those things because I didn't understand it. right? And I think a lot of people say no to things just because they don't understand it or for fear. Uh, and what I've learned looking back is you know, on the other side of fear is growth. So I am much more aware of that. But I never knew this would happen. Uh, again, it's all about the conversations and the relationships and seeking wise counsel. I did not know what I didn't know. And so I would ask questions of people and I would approach people and say, hey, I need your opinion on something. Because again, not all, not everybody's a fit for us and we're not a fit for everybody else. But we were so early back then, we didn't know what we didn't know. And we were kind of putting the tracks before the train as fast as it was going, as it was going, because we were just building as we were going. But I think what happened was people just were excited about something new and about building something. And they were bored, right? Because the industry hasn't really changed. It's always been really the same industry, except Keller Williams came in and like 40 years ago and changed the model as far as the franchises. But again, that was 40 years ago. Every other industry has changed you know, in light of technology and everything else we have going on. And people are wanting more on-demand situations. And so I think just the energy behind what we were doing, and you, we had great leadership in place. Glenn Sanford, is a visionary. He's an amazing man. He is incredibly humble, but he's all about focusing on the agents and helping us build and grow. And I think that was such an aha light bulb moment for so many of us because it's never been that way. It's all about the broker or you know, you're still paying commissions into the broker and you're building up the broker. He recognized that you're either building up the broker or you're building up your business. You can't really do both. Mm-hmm. And so I just really think God, again, put people in in my circle in the right times. And he had an idea for all of this. And over years, I mean, seven years, again, we weren't proven then. I think we're proven now. I think it's actually easier to attract to our company because of what we're doing and how many people are just excelling in this business 
and how we collaborate in big big ways. But I think people were people were just missing that connection. The fact that we're collaborative and not competitive, it was very, very different. And so it just helped us grow over time. My organization, I start, I try to stay super involved. Another reason why I stay in production, because I want to be relevant. I want to be credible. I want to be able to help in any way I can in whatever that looks like for the organization. But but you're right. It's it's a it's huge. And I never ever in a million years expected this. I didn't understand this. Um, but I'm definitely grateful and blessed and having the best time of my life. I love it. So what would you say to someone who is a brand new agent who's considering different brokerages or someone who's in production who's not at EXP? Like I've already heard it. I've already heard it, right? No, but seriously, like what would you say to them to say like this is truly life changing? Because I think the biggest thing is, and I was that person, right? Like for four years, I was like, yeah, I heard about it, but I'm good, right? Just being a hard head, right? I didn't listen. I didn't sit down and truly engage and give it 110. I would just look at the model and be like, I get it. I think the biggest thing now, like you said, it's the fastest growing company over the last 36 months in the world, fastest growing brokerage. COVID really, to me, showed why EXP to be a cloud-based brokerage has so much value when people, there was millions of square foot of office space with brokerages sitting vacant and no one was connected and they didn't know how to operate without being that. And I, and I always say EXP world, Verbella, all it is, is the metaverse. So everybody's talking about the metaverse. Facebook's changing his name to meta. EXP has been in the metaverse for years. So what would you say to those agents who aren't really listening about EXP? You know, you have to meet people where they are. Yeah. And I mean, it goes back to where you, where you were talking about. It took four years, right, for you to finally listen. They have to get to a point where they're ready to listen. You slid that out there. Real, you slid that out there real smooth, Elizabeth. But it's all good. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. I didn't. <laughs> I love you. You're so funny. But I'm serious. I mean, if, if their doors are closed, they're not going to listen, no matter what you do. Yep. Right. No matter what you say. No matter how many numbers you show them. No matter how many success stories. Right. They have to be at a place. I mean, full transparency, my Atlanta crew had talked to me about EXP about a year before mm. when the stock was 10 cents. <laughs> right. I mean, if that doesn't want to make you just go, ah, but I wasn't ready then. Right. Mm. God wasn't ready for me to be here. My door wasn't open. Everything was fine. I didn't have those frustrations. Yep. It wasn't until I was ready that I was like, okay, now I'll listen. So you just have to be there. I mean, I was there when you were ready to talk, when you were ready to, okay, let me really dig into this. There's a lot of people out there telling our story, not in the right way. Mm. And the reality is, is we've grown so quickly that I think some people don't really know our story. They don't really understand that culture from early on. And how could they, right? They're just, they're just recognizing what has been going on and they just mimic that. So I think if somebody is just closed and they are not understanding, uh, or they're not listening. They just really do not understand. If they're saying, oh, I've already heard it. I already know it. They don't. They don't know what we're about because this is truly life-changing. I mean, I could tell you, uh, I've done some really amazing things that allowed me to pay it forward in in huge ways. I got to do something today. I'll tell you offline yeah. um, that I'm, I can't tell many people because again, it's not about that. It's about what we're able to do for others. I love to bless people anonymously. Like I couldn't ever do that before when I was on that hamster wheel. I couldn't see myself ever retiring. I was like, oh, I'm going to be 80 years old putting a sign in the yard. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't think 
people are really listening, but at the same time, you can't force it. I think a lot of people will, they call it EXP spewing, EXP spewing. You're just, because everybody gets so excited. We get so excited about this company and we get so excited about everything it's done for us, but those people just aren't ready to listen and just be there. And, and again, earn that relationship. Don't earn, don't have a relationship and just cold call people to try and get them to come to our, our company. That's not going to help any of us. Mm. But if you earn that relationship and you show them and you invite them to events and you show how we collaborate, because we're really about collaboration, not competition. And they don't understand that because again, the industry has never really operated that way. So I would just say, stay in conversations, stay in relationships with them. And then you'll be the one they call when they're ready to listen and learn more. Yep. I was on the track for Super Bowl Sunday. You were. That's right. <laughs> so we got this section called coming in hot. You couldn't hear the music, yeah. but we're going to answer them really, really quick. So I want this is like a race. It's like a 40 yard dash, Elizabeth. See you know, I'm a little competitive, right? I know you are. So I'm giving you a heads up. So you got to answer these rapid questions in one word or one sentence, but you got to get them out. You ready? I'm ready. Sit. Go. All right. College degree or no college degree? College degree. Okay. What's your greatest challenge as a child? Feeling like I was enough. Okay. What was your first attempt at entrepreneurship? I mowed yards in our neighborhood. Love it. What was the worst real estate advice you've ever received? I go cold call and run a contest to everybody I knew to see how many people could give me referrals in the quickest amount of time. There it is. And who was the one person that made the biggest impact on your career? I'd say Glenn Sanford. 41 seconds, sister. Mm. <laughs> I, the, the last question, there were a couple people because some people early on in my relation or early on in my business, Sean Rawls was he is a huge impact on my business. Sean Rawls, Brad Feynman, and Glenn Sanford. I would say all three of those people, but um, they poured into me and believed in me when I didn't. So I think those three people is who I'd say. Love it. That that last one, four and five gets everybody because they like want to think it through. There, yeah. There was a guy. And I feel day. like I'm on like speed round on family feud or something. <laughs> there was a dude the other day. Yeah. He was at 18 seconds. And that last question, he sat there for like 40 seconds and he had it. But good job. All right. A couple more questions. E. So what do you think the real what's what's happening in the real estate industry that you feel like people aren't paying attention to right now? If you were going to give a nugget of wisdom to people, hey, you need to be watching this trend or whatever. What would you say that would be? Real estate agents or consumers? Uh, agents, professionals, real estate entrepreneurs. You know, I think they just need to... The problem I'm finding with a lot of new agents is they think this is easy. I mean, the market is intent, intense where I am, I think where everybody is right now. And so they think it's just really, really easy. And, and one of the big mistakes I made as a new agent that I regret, uh, and I know you're big about this, is really building that foundation. Mm -hmm. So I think that the new agents coming in and the entrepreneurs that you really need to build that foundation. Don't start running yet until you know how to walk because it's really easy to start running in this market. But then when things change and shift, you're not ready for whatever that is. So I would just say, just be prepared a little bit more, not be, be more proactive instead of reactive so that you're in this game for a lot longer uh, and you don't burn out so quickly. Yeah, I would say it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. And the people that are sprinting will will burn out. But more than anything, when the market turns, we get to see who really knows how to run a business. Yes. That's the Absolutely. one thing looking back when I, you know, I got into real estate in 2006 at 22 years old, but I got my license in 2010, right, on, right at the cuff, like right at the end of the, not at the end, but probably right in the middle of the downturn. 
So it forced me to learn how to generate business because, man, short sales, like you said, foreclosures, nobody was listening. It was a crazy time. So I, I'm always thankful to, to join the sales industry during that window because I know what it felt like. It was like a famine almost. Yeah. And, and now everybody's doing really well. But markets are cyclical. At some point, it's got to turn. And the people who don't really put those fundamentals in place, won't they won't succeed. Yeah, and I agree. And, and I'm now, even 17 years later, I'm going back and I'm trying to fix some of those foundational elements that I know I'm missing, right? And yep. it's, I mean, who knows what I could have been doing or what, I've, what I could have done bigger. I mean, I'm very content. I'm very happy. I'm, I'm not complaining at all, but I know I could have probably done things a little bit easier and smoother if I wasn't, like I said, being so reactive. I don't do well being reactive. And so I think if you set those foundations up, you're going to be able to weather any real estate cycle that we have. And like you said, I got back into the market in the downturn. Um, you you did as well. And I think you just have to learn how to hustle and and be creative and add value. And you're gonna you're gonna succeed in the long run. Yep. Couple more questions. So, what's your secret to good time management? If you were going to give a nugget for good time management, well, my friend Terrence Murphy <laughs> tells me, right. Um, the I always had this the irony. I was like, you know, I can't, I can't manage my time. And you would be like, that is baloney. Right. And I'm like, I can't, I've got four children. Every day is crazy. But one of the things that you have really honed in with me and I could show you my, my phone, you'll be very proud. is just really that time management and time blocking. Right. Mm-hmm. And not saying yes to everything. What I was doing is I'd put everything on my calendar, but then things would come up and then it would create chaos. And so now I've adopted the idea that if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist and you're going to have to wait. The other big thing that I I work on because of you, thank you, is the family block, right? Because we are running a million miles a minute, especially in a very, very busy market. And sometimes you're working so hard for your family and you're missing out on that, those times and that opportunity and that bonding with your family. Like you're trying to do all these things for them and you're like, don't they understand? But the reality is they just want your time. So uh, I've blocked my calendar from six o'clock on every single night. I don't take calls and my family knows this. We had a family meeting. Love it. If I'm making a call, my my kids know, my husband knows, okay, it's because there's a emergency or something that has to be handled, but they give me a lot more grace now because that's not status quo anymore. Make sense? Love it. if I can say, oh, I need to walk away for just a few minutes and talk to this person, I'll be right back. Now I can block my time. I can do movie night. I can be at lacrosse games. I can do all these other things. I'm not missing out on why my why, why I'm working so hard. And then on Sundays, same thing. I don't work on Sundays. Now that's a little harder sometimes, but again, they give me grace. And that was one thing I had a hard time too. You're like, nope, no emails, no anything. And when we built in that one hour of, of management, like after they went to bed, that was kind of our, our compromise, but it gets me ready for the next day. And so that blocking for your family and just making sure everything is on your calendar. And if somebody has to wait an extra day or two to get on your calendar, it's okay. The world's not going to end. They'll be fine. Yeah. But it's because like I told you, your kids only have one mom and your husband only have one wife, yep. but you know, so that importance for them, like is irreplaceable. It's invaluable, but they'll go out tomorrow. If I fall over <laughs> there, they'll find another agent tomorrow and still get the deal done by the end of the week. Exactly. And it's like, there needs to be a balance. I actually still have your notes when we were time blocking on my, on my board right here. 
you know, so I'm proud of you for executing and proud of you for trusting me. And, you know, it's because I care about you. I want to see you, you know, be able to, it's hard for us. It's hard for these real estate entrepreneurs, these people who are just so used to blazing forward and taking over the world. We're conquerors, but it's, it's so hard for us to just slow down and enjoy the fruits of our labor. And that's the season I'm in right now. It's the first time in my life I've ever stopped and tried to smell the roses. And I'm really trying to just focus on the, the people that I care about and really double down on those relationships. And it's been good. So I'm encouraged by your growth in that area, like for real. It's hard though. I mean, as entrepreneurs, it's hard because that's all we know. It's like, we're always doing something. So I have a very hard time slowing down. I don't do well slowing down. So that's what I'm working on as well. I'm just not as far along as you are, it looks like. It'll take time, but you're doing good. Last couple of questions. Yep. What's the secret to to good branding in, in the real estate industry? What would you say the secret to good branding is? I'm going to sound like a broken record. It's also it's all about being authentic to who you are. Mm-hmm. And just kind of looking at what the, the industry needs and how you can play into that. For me, um, I always branded myself. And... You know, I thought about the again, I didn't have EXP at that time. So the only thing I could think of is I have to build a big book, a big book of business and hopefully sell that book of business someday. Mm. Right. And what I recognized was nobody wants to buy Elizabeth Riley. And so when I came over to EXP, now EXP was so brand new, nobody knew who we were. And Glenn always encourages us to brand ourselves anyway, because people do do business with us because of who we are, not the brand we're with. Uh, and one of the things I really wanted to do was break into luxury a little bit more. And so I took that opportunity to brand myself because that was a niche I wanted to get into, right? You know, they, they talk about manifesting and just saying over and over and over what it is you want to accomplish. And eventually it's going to accomplish. And for me, I'm like, I want to get into that luxury space. How do I do that? And so I branded Lux Property Group. And it's been great because I felt kind of like imposter syndrome is huge, right? I felt kind of like a little imposter at the beginning, like, oh, people think I'm this luxury agent and I'm not doing a whole lot. But as I built that and I built that credibility, it gave me more confidence moving forward. Mm. Now, on the flip side, some people thought over the years that all I did was luxury. And so I had to educate. But you just have to figure out where you're trying to go, what's authentic to who you are, and it's going to speak your personality, your approach. Uh, And I think just have fun with it. Branding can be really, really cool. I love your branding, right? Anybody that knows TM5... It's like, that's really cool branding. But what I love even more than that is the, is the story behind it, right? Everything, anybody that knows you knows there's a five involved. And it's just really cool to be able to incorporate a little bit of your, your persona and your personality into that branding that you're putting out in front of the, um, in front of the consumers and in, in the industry. I think me and Erica were in Vegas and these, there was a group of people walked by. They all had on TM5 hats. When I tell you, I had no clue who they were. It was crazy. So it's, it's been cool. And, um, we got a couple friends that are traveling the world and we were joking around about them because they're brokers. They actually have a brokerage, but they always have on TM5 stuff. So me and Erica wow. said, instead of being like, why are you wearing that? We're like, you know what? So we wrote them all handwritten letters, sent them more hats, more shirts. I'm like, good luck. Wear it, wear it every day. So they actually choose to wear our hats and our shirts and they own brokerages. They don't have their shirts and hats on. It's weird, but I'm like, go with it. It works. I know. It's good branding. So what's your moonshot? That just means this is like you shoot to the moon with this. This is like your idea that people think is impossible. But what's your moonshot in life? Like if you were to say one day this is going to happen, what is that? Golly, that is a hard question for me. I stump everybody with this question, I guess, because it comes out of left field. Well, not only that, but you know me, I take one day at a time, one hour (laughs) at a time, right? And it's like, 
thinking so big. I mean, I would have never thought I was where I am now. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Oh, we got to work on that. Continue to building, building my kids legacy, you know? And if I, I mean, I've got their colleges paid for, I've got all these things like the materialistic. I'm not a, we're not materialistic people um, at all. And so we do a lot of surprise trips and a lot of memory trips and things like that. And I guess just to build off of that, that my company and my business allows us to still create those memories because my oldest is 16 now, right? I only have two summers left with them. Wow. Maybe. Right. And so when you think about that, like I want to make the most of all of that. And if my business that I'm building is allowing me to create those memories that are going to last a lot longer than a gift that in a box that they opened up, right. They're going to have those memories for here on out. It just strengthens our family and our relationships. And I think if, if my family is tight and just well-rounded and just successful in whatever that looks like for them, I think that's my moonshot. I just want to figure out how I can pour into that to, to make that all come to fruition. I love it. So we have every guest on Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast bring a book that they recommended that made an impact on them. You brought Die. Well, you suggested Die with Zero by Bill Perkins. Why did you suggest oh, yeah. that? Oh my gosh, that book has changed my life. So a friend of mine, there we were in a mastermind and there were, there are four of us and we would meet every Monday and I'm the only female. And one of them, he said, he's very direct. And he said, oh my gosh, I read this book. You guys have to read this. If you don't read it by next week, you're dead to me, right? <laughs> and it's one of those people where you're like, he's serious. I'm going to read this. Book. So I read the book uh, on Audible, actually, on the way to my daughter's volleyball tournament. And I'm like, oh, I can, I can already tell you what it's going to be. Die with zero, right? You just spend everything. And I was so wrong. The, the principles in that book were really talking about how we work so hard, just kind of like what we're talking about here, how we work so hard to get all these things or to retire, or one day I'm going to do this. But then you get to that point. First of all, none of us are promised tomorrow, right? So then you get to that point and you're either too old, you have no youth left, you have no health left, you have no interest, or your family's off and scattered and they have no interest. But it was really about not working to save for those future things. It's about really living in the now and really embracing those those opportunities. And so I read that book and I called my husband and I said, on the way home, uh, I want you to read this book before I get home. And then we're all as a family going to go out to dinner and we're going to discuss it. So my husband read it and he was, he, he was taken aback as well. And I will share this because this is kind of what this was a pivotal moment. My husband was with Dell computer for 25 years. He, he was very, very good. He did great stuff in tech. He was a global sales director. And so when, when the pandemic hit, you're not really doing your job as a, as a global sales director, right? You're not going to Dubai. You're not going to San, or, um, Saudi Arabia or South Africa or any of these places. But instead, he was sitting in his office on the calls at two or three or four in the morning. And I could see that light dimming. And I was losing, he was losing his passion. I was just losing my husband's passion for our family because he was just burned out. And I read that book and I was like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? We're wasting all this time. And so I came to him and I said, what if I retired you? And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, what if I retired you? There's so much more we have as a family to accomplish. And you can't do it if your light is dim. Mm. And so we had to talk through that. And he's like, no, I have the insurance. I was like, actually, EXP has insurance. So what's your next objection? <laughs> I'm like, don't put objections at a listing agent, right? <laughs> I got you. So we, we talked through and he's like, oh my gosh, what would that look like? And so I retired my husband last year, May 20. 1st of 2021, which is amazing. And our life has been so much richer. 
But then I went and we talked to our kids and I had them all write down their hopes and dreams and goals, whether it's something now or in the future. And like my oldest wrote down, he'd love to see the seven wonders of the world. I would have never known that. What if I had waited until we had retired and to realize that? And now we can't go travel and and see the seven wonders of the world. Or I just never knew that was his passion. And there were all these different things. So this book, Die With Zero, really brought it into focus for me what's important now, as opposed to waiting until later when those things aren't going to be as as important. And then I've missed that opportunity. So it's an amazing book. Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. There's not many that I get excited about, but that's one that's definitely changed my changed my life. All righty. Great job. So what are your final thoughts for our listeners and where can they find you? It's been a great episode and I just appreciate you and who you are in our life and who you are for our tribe. Because obviously everybody, they watch how I honor you. So it naturally comes off to the tribe. Obviously, you've seen that. So yeah. what would you what would you say your the final thoughts for our listeners and where can they find you? So I'm in Austin, Texas, and I'm the Lux Property Group. So you can always find me there or Elizabeth at Lux PG. I'm always happy to help answer questions, whether it's related to real estate or not. I just love love people and serving. But yeah, I think it's that mutual respect and building something together. And, and I do. I love that you honor me. I honor you and I absolutely adore you. And I'm excited what we're all building together. And when we're building stuff together, it's just there's so much excitement you can't contain. And so I'm excited to see what that looks like for all of us. All righty. Well, appreciate you again. I'll see you soon. And uh, thanks for everything. This is uh, this is going to be an amazing episode and pretty sure I'll be talking to you in the next day or two. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Please subscribe on whichever platform you are listening and consider leaving a five-star review as that will help us gain traction and continue to bring you knowledge in the real estate industry. For more content, head over to TerrenceMurphy.com. 